everything is at proper purpose. This Fabregen was planned over a month ago. And you may have noticed that uh, your test kiss live was two days ago. And today was soft kiss live. Now, it happens to be that your test kiss live is known as both your test and soft kiss live. It's a two day yom tov, as it were. As uh, Rosh Hashanah, let's see this. So Rosh Hashanah is two days, even in Israel. And the Haggadullah of the Balatanya is also two days. And there's a reason why it's two days. The reason is because when the Balatanya was freed from imprisonment after 53 days of being interrogated and held as a prisoner in Petterburg, he was released on Tuesday. You test Kislev, the 19th day of the month of Kislev. The same Kriyas as this year, by the way. You need to hook more like Kislev, Tuesday, good day, doubly good day. And uh, although he was released from his imprisonment, he was not safely returned to his to see them until the evening, which was already under the Kislev. So therefore, when we celebrate the Yom Tov of Yudkas Kislev, we celebrate both days, Yudkas and Chof. And uh, we chose this night, usually the Sabrayans are either early Yudkas and they're going into the 19th, or the night coming out of the 19th, and this is the night coming out of the 20th, but we actually, we chose this date, well, I'll tell you why we thought we chose this date, because uh, the organizer just got back from Eric's assault today. He just got back from Eric's assault with Simcoe. And uh, so we couldn't make the Sabrengan until tonight. We got back a few hours ago, right? Mamish. Yeah, I'm coming straight from uh, Simcha to Simcha. So that's why we made it tonight. But like I said, everything is Ashkocha practice. It happens to be, happens, that as we speak, A closer of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who suffered from a terrible, unthinkable, tragic accident just a couple of weeks ago. Mrs. Edna Fetterman, a to the Virgin Islands, with her husband, Rabbi Oster Fetterman, lost an infant in a terrible, tragic accident. Rabbits and Fetterman fell into the water and she was flown, she was airlifted from the Virgin Islands to Miami and put on life support. And she's been fighting for her life since then. 
zone the past couple of weeks. Just a few hours ago, I was informed that the decision was made that the best care and the best place for this shlucha to be brought to be taken care of was the state of New Jersey, and even more specifically, the town of Lakewood. So right now, as we convene at this Yud Pesachos Kislev gathering, this mother, wife, mother, shlucha, has either arrived or is imminently right now arriving in Lakewood to receive care, which we pray will be the vessel for Hashem's miraculous healing. So like I say, everything is Hashkocha Pratis, and the fact that there's a Siddish of Abrengen, Lakovid, Chagat Hagim, Roshishonol, Siddish, Yudpets, Kof Kislev, in Lakewood, on this night, when a shlucha of the Balakanya's successor and Enochal, Rabbi Chirebbe, is arriving in this town to receive care, there has to be some big stuff happening. And we don't have to understand it all, but we have to know that it's happening. And we have to do our part. So, Henya, Basdrachad Vayalea, should have a Rafua Shlema Kreva. Hi, hi. Yudhas Kislev is not only the Hagagula of the Balatanya, it's the Yenhulula of the Balatanya's Rebbe, the Mizritcha Maggit. After the Maggit was Nistalik, the Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe, Chabad, we refer to the Balatanya as the Alter Rebbe, the first Rebbe of Chabad, took upon himself at first the Maggit's son, Rebbe Avram, their Malach, to be his Rebbe. The Malach only lived a few years after the passing of his father. He was called a Malach for a reason. He was very, very spiritual. He didn't take care of his physical body. His father, the Maggit, actually warned him of a claim of Loch in Guth and Machina Grace, the Loch in the Neshama. And after that, the Balatanya took upon himself as a Rebbe, one of the senior Talmudia Amagids, Reb Mendel Vitebske, or also known as Reb Mendel Haradaka. And uh, eventually Reb Mendel Haradaka moved ahead of Israel. There was a Hasidic Aliyah, a Hasidic community that went to Israel with Reb Mendel, first in Spas and then later in Tveria. But during the years before the Mendel Haradaka went to Eretzro, the Balatanya used to go to the Mendel as a rebbe. And there's a story that took place where Sidon was fabricating And the rebbe was Mendel Haradaka. And Sidon was fabricating among, among themselves, an unofficial or a 
into Sabrenian. And at this Sabrenian, somebody became very emotional and turned to the Siddim and said that he had been given a diagnosis by, by a doctor, a very serious diagnosis. And he said, Siddim, beg me that I should get well. I want a bracha from the Siddim that I should get well. And it was sort of like an awkward moment because the Siddim didn't want to give them a bracha. They didn't feel that was their place. Somebody said, the Rebbe is in the other room. The mental, Haradaka, you can go to the Rebbe and get a bracha. But we're the Siddim, we don't, we don't give brachas. And he kept insisting. He said, Siddim, I want a bracha. And somebody started singing a nigun to sort of create a distraction. And so finally, the Balatanya, Rashmir Salman, who was in the court of the of the of the Haradaka, he was at the Stabrangan. He said, Shah. And then he stood up. When the Kalidia Magid would say a word from the Rebbe, from the Magid, they would stand. So he stood up at the Sabrina. And he said that we learned from the Rebbe. What a gathering of Chassidim can accomplish, even the angel Mahal cannot accomplish. The angel, the archangel Michael, the, the defender of the Jewish people in heaven on high. See, they give this man a bracha for a voice, and they did so. The Alphabet explained the reason why a Sishtaf Abrenik in Ustan was a filo Malach Machok Kenis Ustan. Why should a group of people be able to do something that a Sagrisa Malach cannot accomplish? So the Alpharetta said that when a son goes to his father and he makes a request, his father may think whether or not this particular son is worthy of this particular request. And you're asking, it doesn't mean I have to give to you. Let's see if you're, you're worthy. But when all of the brothers get together, on behalf of the son who has a request, and instead of the son who has a request, all the other brothers come to the father and they say, Father, help our brother. So the Brudershaft, the, the love of brothers that's exhibited by that group request, 
The father cannot resist. The father can't say no. So when a group of brothers and all the Israel are called Achim Mamash, when brothers get together and make a request for another need, that is something that our father cannot resist. So again, Henya who's arriving or has arrived in Lakewood currently should have a miraculous, speedy, complete recovery. Amen. One of the great traditions of status of Alchemists is Avos Yisrael and Avos Yisrael. The explanation of how the Jewish people are united. In Tanya, there's a pentagonic base. It's called Lama base because that's the number. It's number 32. There are 53 chapters in Tanya. By the way, Alter had a sat in prison 53 days for each paddock of Tanya that he wrote. Some people think he wrote it after he came out of prison. <laughs> no, that's Gokho Protas. He wrote the book, then he went to prison. So chapter 32 is about Avos Yisrael. It's interesting, if you read that Gomez from Malachi, the alternate explains why he put together a published book. Because the Tanya had existed as contrasts, as, as pamphlets. But to put them together as an official book, a printed book with a printing press and with a binding, that was like a, a, a major step. And the author had explained why he had to do that because there were falsified versions of the pamphlets of the contrasts going around. But if you look in the original pamphlets upon which Tanya is based, you will not find chapter 32. It was added at the time of the publication of Tanya. In fact, if you look at Tanya and you go to the end of Pedagogic House, you'll see how it flows right into the beginning of Pedagogic Gimel. Pedagogic base was inserted after the fact. And it is pointed out that Pentagonic base spells lays, the heart. So if you ask yourself, Tanya is substance. And what is the lay, the heart of Sidus? That the essence of everything is the love of our fellow. And the way the Altered explains it is with different Rashala. But ultimately, what he explains is that we are one body. We're not separate people, we're one body. 
Now this is the author ever calls himself the Malachit, the compiler of Tanya. Because this isn't a new idea. Every idea in Tanya has a source. So this is not a completely new idea. There's a Yashalmi, the Mother Yashalmi in the garden, that discusses a person who's neither but not. He makes a particular type of vow where he's angry at somebody and he says, I don't want benefits from so and so. The plain response is the Kiddush, I'm not going. Now, as you know, if you make a nether, it permits you to keep the nether. But it's also a mitzvah to be shoyle to ask a for permission that you should release the vow. So the Rishonli talks about a situation where a guy made such a nether, he was neither bound off, and now he wants to have a chotham be matzah nether. Now, it's okay that in Lakewood I should, uh, what we call Nigla, a little bit of Nigla is okay. Now <laughs> we're somewhere else, kind of heights maybe, I would be nervous. But how does, how does it work? How does it work when someone makes a nether and they want to call them to be not a nether? There's something called a Pesach. And how does a Pesach work? A Pesach literally means an opening. But it means, it's very simple, the Chochem has to find something that had the person who made the nether known at the time, the shots who made the nether, if he would have known it then, he wouldn't have made the nether. And then once he identifies, oh, if I had known that when I made the nether, I would never have made that nether. That's called the Pesach, and then they re- the, the Chochem releases it. So the Rishonli talks about a scenario, the guy goes to the Chochem, and he says, I was neighbor of Hanah against Plain. And the Chochem has to find something that this guy doesn't know, but once he knows it, and if he would have known it when he made another, he would have never have made such another. So the Rishonli says, the Chochem asks the guy to listen to a marshal. Tells him a story. I'll tell you a story. One time there was a guy working in a workshop. And he was working with a sharp tool. And he was holding the tool in his dominant hand. Let's say he's not right. Most people are right. And he slips with the tool and he stabs his left hand. The Chochem asks the guy, should his left hand now seize the tool and in retaliation stab the right hand to even the score? So the guy obviously will say, no, that's ridiculous. Now one person will be wounded in both hands. And then the Chochem has his passer. He says to the guy, and did you know when you vowed to not be friends anymore with so-and-so, that after he hurt you and you hurt him, all of the Jewish people are one body that's now been wounded twice. And the guy will say, no, I had no idea. I thought, he got me, I got him. No, no, one guy got got twice. Well, if I knew that, I would never make such an effort. Exactly. 
There was a, a famous anti-Semitic case, court case, over a hundred years ago in Ukraine, known as the, the famous Mendel Bayless trial. Mendel Bayless was a Jew who was accused of a blood libel. He was accused of that age-old libel where non-Jews, mostly it happened in, in, in medieval times, would accuse Jews of using human blood in their matzahs, which is a, a charge that had been debunked time and time again until it went away. It virtually went away. And then, out of nowhere, in the early 1900s, it suddenly resurfaced. And this Mendel Bayless was the one who was charged with the blood libel. He, uh, he had a lawyer, a Jewish lawyer. The Jewish lawyer actually was afraid to defend him. Not because he was afraid for himself, but he was afraid it would make the case worse. And actually, the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab, sent his son, the sixth Rebbe, the Rebbe Rayatz, to convince the lawyer they should take the case. And the defense team was in touch with Lubavitcher Rebbe at that time, as well as many Gedele Yisrael. There was a particular issue that they were having with uh, the prosecution was consulting with uh, an anti-Semitic priest who was a self-appointed expert on the Talmud. He couldn't read Hebrew or Aramaic, but he was an expert in the Talmud. And one of the things he did was to uh, to take a passage from the Talmud that says, Atem Kriyam Adam. You, Atem, plural, the Jewish people, Kriyam Adam are called Adam. Adam is translated as human. And you, the Jewish people, are called human. The rest of the world are not even called human. This is what this anti-Semitic priest said. According to their Talmud, they don't even consider us human. And that's why they're permitted, according to their religion, to, to murder us. So how are they going to answer that? Obviously, it's actively false. But they start pulling out Gemara's and you try to explain. How do you explain that? In the original context, talking about Tuma Vitara, one of the consultants of the defense team was Avmeya Shapira. And I just want to point out, since I'm speaking now about the theme of Avis Israel and Avis Israel, but in addition to his many, many others listen, including the Dafka Yemi. Rabbi Shapiro was present at the Hasana of Lubavitcher Rebbe to the Rebbe Sankhaya Mushkin in Warsaw, Poland. We should know that the unity of Kali Yisrael is not something that was invented uh, the other day. 
So Ahmed Shapiro was consulted by the defense team explaining these, uh, these sections from the Gemara. So he wrote to the defense and he said, here's what you have to explain. That in the Hebrew language, in the Holy Tongue, in the Kiddush, there are four terms for humanity. There's Ish, Enrish, Gather, Adam. And those words all have plural forms. So you have one Ish, you have many Ishim. You have one Enrish, you have many Anoshim. You have one Gather, you have many Gvarim. But the word Adam doesn't have a plural. Okay, you could say B'nai Adam, but that's a construct. That's a, you're adding a word. The word Adam itself, there's no word Adamim. So, you explain like this. This child who was murdered, the defendant is not the one who murdered him, but the child was murdered. His family will never be the same. The court can sit for, for a couple of years. But it doesn't matter. With the passage of time, this family was completely thrown into upheaval. Now, is the entire Ukraine in upheaval because of the loss of one family's child? Is even the entire village that this family lives in distraught? Or have they gone on with life? Contrast this with the fact that the descendants, Mendel Bayless, is one Jew living in the Ukraine, and yet every single morning, every single Jew in the world, whether they live in London or Buenos Aires or in, 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 in Sydney, the first thing they do is they open up the paper and they look up what's happening with Mendel Bayless, as if it were happening to them. Because the Jewish people are not a people, they're a person. The word Adam doesn't mean people, it means a guy. A singular word. So, Adam, Kriyam, Adam, you, the Jewish people, are called a guy. There's a guy with millions of bodies called the Jewish people. But it's one guy. And therefore, Yahweh doesn't just mean one person loving another person. It actually means one person loving himself. So, Periglana Beis, the heart of Tanya, says like this. When the Gair went to Hillelazak and asked him, tell me the whole Torah. Why did he say the whole Torah is obviously Israel? Don't do it to someone where you don't want done to you. The Purusha and everything else is just an amplification of that. So the Balatanya explains that the reality is we are all one. 
we radiate into different bodies. So down here on this physical plane, we feel separate from each other. But in our source, we're one. There was once a teacher teaching a bunch of kids about singular and plural. Talking about before about each issue and the notion. So he was teaching them singular and plural. So he's asking these kids, like for instance, um, what's the word shoes? So the kids said shoes, uh, plural. I said that's right, it's plural. And he said, what's the word uh, shirt? So the kids said the shirt, shirt, singular, singular. So that's right. He said, what's the word pants? The kids said pants. Singular on the top and plural on the bottom. <laughs> the Jewish people are singular on the top and plural on the bottom. Down here in Elam Hazah, we radiate into different bodies, different containers, and so we feel separate from each other. So on the bottom, there's plurality, but on the top, in our source, we're all one. But in order to be in touch with that, you have to transcend the body. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. So how do we transcend the body? Because essentially the Balatanya says every mitzvah is an act of self-transcendence. In order to do Hashem's will instead of whatever makes me comfortable, I have to be able to rise above my animalistic, selfish desires, my bodily needs and desires, and I have to see myself and my purpose as something greater, as something transcendent. So how do I rise above myself? Because all of it is Hashem, essentially, is this one act of rising above self, getting over the ego, the EGO, the edging God out, that's connected with the consciousness of the body, instead connecting to consciousness of Hashem and of our true identity. So how do I get out of this condition. Well, is very easy. I'm a throw. <laughs> because in order to truly love another Jew, you have to get over your false self and recognize your true self. There's no other way. He says, oh, you're going to tell me that I know people who aren't so transcendent, they're not so spiritual, and they love each other. So about that, I'm talking about real love. Not Ava, Hatuya Badava. Conditional love. See, when one body meets another body, they're all self-concerned. Each of them is self-concerned. And they'll only love each other if there's a trade-off. What's in it for me? So that's not real love. And as Hazal tell us, when you have such a love that's dependent on a factor, when the factor becomes bottle, the love disappears as well. It wasn't real love. <laughs> you love me or are you using me? You love what you get out of me. A body-centered person can only love, I say in quotes, 
in that kind of way, which isn't real love at all. Valentine explains that to really love somebody unconditionally, to love them in a way that there's nothing they can do to make that love go away, there's nothing they have to do in order to earn that love. The only way to have that kind of unconditional love is to see the other as a soul. And even that's not enough because first you have to see yourself as a soul. And then when you'll see yourself as a soul, and you'll see them as the soul, and then you realize that you're really all the same soul, you're one spiritual energy radiating into two separate bodies, now you can love them. So the Ramatanya explains that's what Hillel was saying, that basically all of Toyota is self-transcendence, and the most direct path to self-transcendence is loving another Jew. Not because you like something about them, not because what they can do for you, but because they are you. I can claim other. You're called, you collectively, the Jewish people are called one God with millions of bodies. One God. And whatever happens to the right hand happens to the left hand. We live in a time, I think, of unprecedented Avatisrael and Avatisrael. I think the fact that we're having a Yudas Kofkes Kislev Abrenin in Lakewood is, is a testimony to that. It's part of that. The unity that exists today, certainly in my lifetime, is greater than I've ever observed. And many if not most of the walls that used to separate us have come down. And that's as it should be. Because tonight's Sabrein is part of our appeal to our Father that He should heal our sister, I want to talk to you a little bit about Edison Sutterman and her slippers and her way of life, which is a, a literal embodiment of the principles of the Balatanya, especially at the Eklamid base of time. What would possess a regular American girl to go live on some remote island where there's no shinoch, no kosher food, literally everything you have to everything you have to fly in. And so what? There's no Jewish community as we would define it. Certainly nothing like a Lakewood. A few Jews. And mostly what's there? Tourists. Wealthy tourists, wealthy Jews, 
from the suburbs to take their winter vacation in the Virgin Islands. What, because some wealthy Jews from the suburbs want to take a vacation in the Virgin Islands? Now, some couple has to go with their, with their 13 kids and live there for the rest of their lives because the one-way ticket for this. So that people should have uh, Jewish resources that they may or may not even value when they're, when they're going on vacation. I'll tell you a story that happened to uh, a young man who I know. The story is that um, a couple of Lubavitcher Bachman went to the Virgin Islands during Hanukkah to help out with the Chabad house there, to help the Fetterman family. And basically their job was to stand around by the port with menorahs, Hanukkah menorahs. These little tin menorahs. And they would ask people, excuse me, are you Jewish? A lot of the people there are Jewish. And they would hand out these menorahs. It was Hanukkah after all. Now, these are people who decided to take a trip and not bring a menorah, okay? Please understand. We're talking about people who decided to take a trip and not bring a menorah. And maybe they didn't even know it was Hanukkah. But they were asked, are you Jewish? And they said, yes. Would you like a menorah? And they said, yes. And there was one particular man who... Uh, accepted a menorah, and the bachar who gave him the menorah said to him, but if I give it to you, there's a condition, you have to really light it. So he said, sure, no problem, I'll light it. So uh, he took the menorah, and they go around, they go shopping, whatever they do for the day, and who knows where they eat and what they eat. I mean, I can tell you, these are... Not the most religious people. But he asked them later, and then they went back to the ship at night, and then they, they leave the court, and they're sitting in the dining room of the ship. And as they're sitting in the dining room of the ship, this man's daughter says to him, Remember you promised that guy that we're going to light that thing every night for Hanukkah? He's like, yeah. <laughs> she says, so why don't we do it? So he's like, I left it in the room. She says, don't worry, I'll go get it. And the girl ran to the room, the cabin in the boat where they were staying. And she got to the night and she brought it back. And it was sitting at, in the dining hall of this luxury cruise ship. And uh, they lit the menorah. Okay, beautiful. But I want to tell you what happens. Ner Havaya Nishmas Father. The Nishama is called a flame. And a flame recognizes a flame. One by one, half of the people. 
sitting in that dining room, got up, they went back to their rooms to get them a letter that they had received earlier that day from the same bacher who had made the same promise with, with each and every one of them. Would they eventually let on their own? Would they not? I don't know. But when they saw a family sitting in the dining hall of the luxury cruise ship, light in the at their table, it became a normal thing, of course. A flake recognizes a flake. And so, within 10 15 minutes, half of the dining hall had Minerva's on the tables. I want to tell you the rest of the story. The rest of the story is that years later, Mrs. Satterman gets a call from this buffer who was on Mithsoyim, as we call it, who was helping out, ending up in the news, and says, I just got a call from Rabbi Shemtov at Mayanot. Mayanot is a yeshiva in Yiddishalayim for Balitzova. And he says they have this buffer who's very charismatic. He's got a very strong personality. And in fact, he started slapping some of his friends to Mayanot. He grew up in a public school. Probably not from, but he, he became uh, connected to Yiddishkeit. He started pulling his friends in. He, he became like the Pied Piper of my own. The kids from, from Montreal are back in Beryl Solomon. And he says, he told Rabbi Shemtov from my note that his path to Yiddishkeit began when he was on vacation on a cruise ship with his family. And the night after they stopped off the, uh, off at the Virgin Islands, they lit the manera on their table, and the entire dining room started to fill with light. And now this younger man was a buffer, now a younger man is married with a family. A whole Jewish family. Because somebody felt that even if my brother goes on vacation to the Virgin Islands on Hanukkah and doesn't know or doesn't care that it's Hanukkah and doesn't bring him a night up, but somehow that is not something I'm able to just let be. And I have to do something about it. And I have to at least try. I have to at least put myself in a position to offer him his birthright. His heritage. And now you see what comes from that. And why is that? Because we're so kind, we're so charitable, we're so magnanimous. You're from, and you're not intolerant. <laughs> like, like, automatically, almost, you get credit for that. You're religious. And you're not intolerant to the extent where you'll even deal with non-religious people and help them to have what you have. Guys, that's not what it is. That's not what it is. 
The Jews are not a people, they're a person. And that means that if one of my brothers or sisters didn't light Manera tonight, then I haven't lit Manera tonight. And this isn't just cities. This is Arvist. When we received the Torah, we received guarantorship for every other Yid's mitzvah. Here's what I want to tell you, Lakewood. When you finish talking Shachas, and you take off your silly. When's the next time you touch your silly? The next morning? How's that possible? What if you meet a Jew who didn't put on filling yet today? You don't put your silly away until Shkia. You can dive in the second. Dabu with the next, Adarabu. But your tzillin come with you in the car. Don't have to also bring Rebbeinu Tavis, just the rash, it's okay. If you bring your tzillin with you to work, you have a business meeting, you bring your tzillin. You're going up uh, to the city, you go to New York, you bring your tzillin. A lot of Jews in New York. They don't put on tzillin. And until... Every Jewish man in New York puts on filling. You and I didn't put on filling. And when it comes to this, and you bench Lulav, Lulav is in Kilskia. You go out, you go to the zoo, whatever you do. What are you going to call them trips in Lakewood? You go out, you go to whatever you do. You bring your Lulav. Lulav's in Toshkia. It comes Hanukkah. The uncle Hanukkah's coming up. You order yourself a few tin menaitas. And if you're too classy for tin, no problem. I'm going to buy some nice ones. No one will stop you. And you bring those with you. And you ask a question. Excuse me, are you Jewish? Do you have a menaita? Can I help you out? Here's a menaita. But you have to promise to light it every night. This isn't a bonus. This isn't extra. This isn't something that we do to enhance our Yiddish type. This is basic Yiddish type. This isn't somebody else's ruchnius. This is my ruchnius. Because ultimately, we're not a people, we're a person. And therefore, every single one of us matters. And every single one of us. Every single one of us is dependent on each other. And call me Shaima, Ainley Elotaida, feel Taida Ainla. Even if the teacher of a youth is Lima Taida, which it should be. You stop to daven, right? Okay? You stop to do business, okay? So when you go to do business, you bring your filling. And in an extra 30 seconds, 
Okay, it won't be 30 seconds the first time you do it. <laughs> but you'll get it down, you'll get it to a point where you can do it in 30 seconds. Because we are literally all one. And it's becoming increasingly clear. This is so beautiful. I just want to tell you. This is so beautiful right here. Your test cross crystals in Lakewood, Siddish Fabrangan, talking about Abbasisrol and Aftasisrol. I couldn't think of a greater source. So I had your best work at the very later. The only thing I could think of that would make this an even greater cost is just maybe there'll be a few more of our brothers here. <laughs> the overlooked, the forgotten, the, dis the disenfranchised. We cannot reject any part of the Jewish people or we reject ourselves. Make no mistake, when it comes to we are uncompromising. We will not bend the truth to make others comfortable. But that's not a steer to the fact that we need to bring our brothers home. We need to bring ourselves home until we're all home. None of us are home. And that's what's going to happen very, very soon. We're going to hear the Shesara Gobble, the Kibbutz Goliath, and all of us will be home. But until we're all home, none of us are home. Even a youth who learns straight of a shkid of Asmada is in Golis until every last Jew is home. And I want to go even further now. I want to tell you like this. The guy that I can finish, but it's easy. Some guy from White Plains who doesn't even know it's Hanukkah and you give him a minute that's easy. You want to know expert level? Alphys is thrown, Alphys is thrown. Ready for expert level? Yeah? Can we go there? The kid who grew up in Lakewood. We may not know what night is Hanukkah. Maybe even lives. And like, when maybe you see him on a daily basis, and he's so far estranged, he purposely doesn't know what night is Hanukkah. He doesn't want to know what night is Hanukkah. He's not somebody's kid. He's us. And we are not home and we are not ourselves 
until all of us are at home and all of us are ourselves. And all of us are at home with ourselves, where we can love ourselves and accept ourselves and see who we truly are, that we're a helicopter now and the altar of the earth. Mama. You know what the mama means? Same as mine from Helic Base, from Helic Base of Tanya. That's how you're always out the Lubavitchers and the Lubavitch synthesizers. You said it. Because Helic Elikani Mao is a lot of plastic from Eos. And it's not special to Tanya. The Dolagon uses the same expression also. It's described in the Shama. But when you add the word Mamish, like the Altarada adds the word Mamish. So if you ever want to out the Lubavitchers, and the group, you say, uh, and the is the and the Lubavitch will go, Mamish. <laughs> you know what the Mamish part means? It means even in the mamushes, even in the physicality of a body that separates us, that deludes us into thinking that we are separate from each other. The reality remains that this is an ashama. And just like he was in Chachmi Law, so too, that's, that's, that's still who he is. And if you can't see it, then you're looking too much at the body and not enough at the ashama. And if your default is to look at the tussle and not the kicker. Okay, we have an answer for that. Learn a little more to this. Because when you learn to this, learn to this every day, you start to hone in on the spiritual. And you start to see the reality. The reality of the world and the reality of the Jew. This is a beautiful, beautiful beginning of something. The love is palpable. Each one of us needs to stand up and light a flame. And a flame calls out to a flame. And invite all of our brothers home so that we can finally be our true selves. And our Father, can you imagine the indescribable madness that our Father will have when he looks down and sees all excited? He wouldn't be able to refuse us anything. We should be united. Hashem should give us one time is in everything that we need. All of our hearts desires for the good. And especially, again, the full flame of 
for Anya Masbrocha Dverolaya. Chaya, Chaya. Sorry for interjecting, but you're still out of space. And if everything is a tell mamish, just wanted to make everyone aware that that's just what the space said. If Sabara comes to them as a program this Hanukkah called Native Slayer or Ambassadors of Light, and anybody that wants can pick up a free Menorah kit. No, no, this is not planned. Hey, I heard him speaking about it. I figured I'll flex the mic and I'll let you know. But if you reach out to me, or there's also a, another phone number, I'll put it on the status. But we'll, we'll, give, you a, we'll give you the kit. Night is candles, and you could uh, give it to whoever needs it. And in order to get the Kindleach involved, and in order to get the Yitzhara involved, any family that gives out a Menorah, that's a free court of Rina's uh, ISIS. Plus, you go into a raffle for a day karaoke and a, and a one year subscription for, for to day karaoke. So that's that's for the Yitzhara. But we do have Menorahs. We have a few cases of Menorahs. So pick one up. We'll give it to you. You give it to someone who needs it. And plus, there's prizes. So that's the Paramahamas. Thank <laughs> you. 